Hello and welcome back to the Full of Chit Chat podcast on charliedemares.substack.com and on the Harbinger Media Network, where our producer is Andre Goulet. Uh, thank you very much. I hope everyone had a wonderful uh, break. We took a little uh, pause to refresh uh, for the um, holiday uh, week last week. Uh, last week, of course, if you were celebrating uh, Passover, happy Passover. Uh, if you were celebrating Easter, happy Easter. It is still the Easter season. And uh, tomorrow, I believe it is tomorrow, we uh, go into the holy month of Ramadan. And so to all of our Muslim uh, brothers and sisters listening and uh, all around the world, um, uh, happy uh, Ramadan, Ramadan Mubarak, and um, and I'm sorry that it is uh, you know uh, Ramadan during a sunny time. I know it is. Uh, I I know enough that uh, it is it is tougher during those long month Ramadans where it, the the sun shows up early and goes away late. Uh, so I uh, will be thinking of you um, for for the next uh, several weeks, and I'm pulling for you. Uh, and uh, I'm very pleased uh, to uh, have on uh, this week a, a very dear, dear friend um, who, um, again, one of, the, one of the last people that I got to do a sort of normal thing with before the world uh, sort of uh, spiraled off into this uh, alternate timeline we're, we're living in. Uh, but also uh, one of the friends who I've been able to actually sneak in some some little visit. When I say sneak in, that makes it sound illicit, or as though we're ignoring public health directives, which I want to state clearly and for the record, we never do. Uh, uh, but that when we are allowed to, we have uh, uh, had a few visits with each other, and they have been um, a sucker to me and a, a, uh, a sucker s u c c o r not like a like a sucker i haven't sold him any land in the florida swamps um it is uh he is a singer songwriter uh he's uh, you know him as a solo act you know him from uh brastronaut you know him uh, as as a writer uh, with bylines and uh, walrus magazine uh he's a teacher he's a lover he's a friend it's Tarek hussein <laughs> beautiful intro hi charlie <laughs> how are you good i'm good thank you how about you I'm pretty good. I, I'm, I, my body is falling apart. That's, uh, that's the other reason we didn't do a, a podcast last week is um, my, uh, for about five days, my insides um, uh, evacuated me. Mm. And uh, yeah, I had to, uh, and I finally had to do um, a COVID test, which I have thus far made it oh. uh, without having to, have you had to do any yet? No, I haven't. So did you have, was it the nose swab? It was that the nose swab, which my, my daughter did age six uh, last summer in order to, um, she, we had to uh, keep her home from something. Um, so yeah, sorry, it was, it was right at the beginning of the year. Um, it was in September and she was a flower girl at a wedding. And uh, we needed to know that she could be at this wedding because there were going to be elderly people there this is when you could still do little kind of bits and pieces things and and so she went and got this swab and when I got it I got mine on Good Friday and it was uh I I retrospectively had just this unbelievable respect for my then six-year-old who sat through this who Kara told me that she was a that Josephine had been a total champ about this it was like everything in you screams out like do not let this person do this they're in your brain they're they're sticking a stick up your nose like it's um 
it goes against everything in your in your body to uh, to let it happen. But I have to say, everybody at the I went to the station on um, Boundary Road at uh, Central Park, and everyone was just amazing. I mean, these teams of people working through the holidays. I mean, this was like I said, it was it was Good Friday, and they just had. They had a whole vaccine team going. They had a test team going. People were kind and they were helpful. And, they, it, you know, I was in and out and I got the results within 24 hours. I mean, it, it was incredible. Hmm. And you didn't have it. Uh, no, I did not have it. Uh, I, it was it was, uh, what was it going was, on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, what was going on was that I was just uh, shitting myself inexplicably. Uh, no, I mean, I didn't have COVID. I still had something like just fucking horrible. And I, do, I still don't know what it was. And I, and I had to get other tests and um, nothing showed up. And it was just one of those, uh, hey, you know, I guess it's like the Loch Ness Monster. Uh, we're, we're just chalking it up to um, it's uh, uh, it was just one of those mysteries. Hmm. Um, uh, and like you'd be thankful that you had whatever it is that you had and you're like, oh yeah, it's just food poisoning. Woo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it was, uh, well, cause the other thing you have to do is you have to, you have to, uh, isolate from the people in your house while you wait for the results. Oh, so, so how do you do that? Like, well, by, you can't be in the room, in room with them or if you are in the room with them, you're all wearing masks. Um, it was, uh, and of course, like immediately you tell, a seven-year-old, you know, that she's not allowed to be near her dad or that has to be like, what, like then immediately that's all she wants to do is like, mm-hmm. I want to hug daddy. I, I miss daddy. I be, like, you know, which is just a heartbreaking uh, at, at, at any speed. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was brutal. It was, um, uh, yeah. And then I, I, I coasted from that um, uh, the, the just uh, total, um, liquefaction of charlie demers into uh like just this totally inexplicable uh foot pain where i could not put any weight on my on my right foot and so i've been laid up for like uh almost two weeks wow all these things these things are happening to you man yeah all these things that (laughs) you know bro yeah it's it's um you know this is supposed to be the time you know in all the um various uh you know religious calendars around the world and in the kind of like scientific uh or biological uh regeneration of the planet this is supposed to be the time of rebirth and renewal (laughs) and this is instead this is like my body is punching out yeah maybe you need to go on a um you know a cleansing diet or uh something like that like uh, i'm i think of that only because i'm actually doing one right now it was prescribed to me from a naturopath because if we're talking about gut reactions, and I don't mean like instincts but <laughs> to things, but I, I, for the last number of years, I've, I've always kind of had like a bit of a sensitive stomach. And I don't know, like for the last five years maybe, and I've like eliminated things, you know, I've eliminated coffee or tried to do my own kind of self-diagnosis on the whole thing. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes at work, you'd be like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to have any more dairy. And then you're fine. And then it seems like you're fine. And you're like, that's it. I solved it. Okay. I can't have dairy. And then you run around telling everyone you can't have dairy. And then some, then, it, then, you know, your stomach kind of goes wonky again one day and you're trying to figure out what, what, what did I do? I didn't have, I didn't have dairy. I didn't have coffee. What else is what's going on? So that's been going on for a number of years. So I did actually go to a naturopath and, 
and so they put me on an elimination diet they call it yeah and you're so it's it's a no gluten no soy no uh no dairy no eggs i think that's no corn those are i think the big ones that you're not allowed to have and um and that's it and then you eliminate those for four weeks and then we'll see what happens after that uh when they you know potentially re reintroduce some things but but well uh, i should say crazy the, thing yeah yeah no no go for it no i was gonna say the crazy it's it it's actually is i feel like it's kind of working i don't know if it's psychological or whatever but so far i feel like hmm you know i'm not getting those stomach cramps after eating or things like that that's not really happening and i haven't pinned down on what exactly the problem might be then but it might be one of those five things now the 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 uh the official stance of uh this podcast uh is uh naturopath skepticism okay um, but uh <laughs> i know but, I, 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 I have had that too yeah but Kara, like so kara went through that um she did various like elimination diets and, and stuff like that now you know that i about 10 years ago um I thought I had had a reaction to some nuts and I uh, went in my, my, my GP said, look, you know, we don't, uh, we don't fuck around with, with nut allergies. Why don't you, we'll send you for an, uh, an allergy test. I wasn't allergic to nuts, but it came back that I was allergic to um, rice, corn, cheese, oranges, apples, rye, um, and egg whites. And <laughs> So they, uh, they, you, you know, these are not, uh, these are not like, um, uh, those are not uh, exotic uh, uh, foodstuffs, right? Like these are, these are like some pretty, they were in the regular rotation. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, they said to me, they said, look, obviously you're eating all this stuff and you're alive. There's no, this is not urgent that you take this out of your diet, but if you like, uh, try it out. You know, you can try stopping eating them and uh, see if it changes anything. And so I stopped eating these things and <laughs> just instantly it was like, oh, you mean you're not supposed to throw up four or five times a month? Like huh. just as a regular uh, or uh, the other, I mean, this was the real thing was I, I, I had been operating on this principle that like, 90% of sushi restaurants in Vancouver were just not food safe. Um, uh, like I was just slandering left, right, and center. These, oh, don't go to that place. Go we ate at that place. I was, I was so sick. It was like, yeah, because you're literally allergic to 75% of the ingredients. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm like now, uh, and, and and I've just re and I'm only now starting to reintegrate stuff that I'm realizing that I cut out hmm. needlessly. Like I haven't been to La Taqueria in ten years, and I just realized this week <laughs> that their tortillas are not all corn. Right. So I've I, for one decade <laughs> I have not eaten at one of my what had been like one of our favorite places to go. Huh. Um, what about rice? You don't eat rice. No, I'm allergic we, to. Wow, yeah. we went to the Indian restaurant. Like you know, you mentioned in your intro that thing that we did together. One of those things was going to the Indian restaurant. Yeah, I thought you ate rice that night, but I guess you didn't. No, ma'am. I okay. Uh, okay. yeah, I I ate no rice. I ate no. Uh, this is why for me any Indian um, uh, dinner gets just sopped up <sighs> with yeah. heroic amounts of naan or roti, like. Yeah. just so much bread um 
and then good and then not, good thing you're not like it wasn't bread and rice then you'd just be well except pretty- that kara can't have wheat so if people invite us to dinner it, it is it, we say <laughs> okay great what exotic root vegetable would you like to serve our family because <laughs> We cannot eat, and then and then Josephine brings up the rear with the uh, with the walnut allergy. Oh boy! Yeah, so we like to meet people in restaurants, which, as you can imagine, yeah. uh, has not been easy this past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, yeah. It's it's a weird. Uh, the other the the, the 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 tough thing about about food allergies is they have become culturally coded as you know. I mean, my, you know, Ivan Decker does a joke about this in his act, um, but like <laughs> they, they are, they're culturally coded as like a thing yuppies do or have or whatever. You're like, it was, well, it's just a thing that, you know, my body can't eat this thing. And a doctor told me, and now, and now I know about it. I can't not know about it, but you also cannot help but sound like a, little pissant anytime you go into a restaurant saying oh well i'm uh, i'm allergic to rye is there any rye in this like if there's no uh so i i hope for your sake that it's not but it does sound like maybe you do have something yeah i mean if if i mentioned to anybody that whole you know that oh it could be gluten i feel like it's gluten i'm pretty sure it's gluten you know but i i actually do kind of feel like that's the that's the one but i know it's i have to always have a disclaimer like i know i know it sounds kind of dumb. Everybody <laughs> says, yeah, everybody defaults to gluten and, you know, but, but maybe, you know, maybe it's true. I don't know. I don't know. The other crazy thing about it is that oh, so many, it, it, this has like forced me to read ingredients on things that oh, I yeah. never read ingredients on, like potato chips and stuff and rice, rice crackers. Like I would never think about looking at half of this stuff. I just throw them in the gra- grocery cart. I just go by like, I want that. So I'm going to have that. Now I have to look at everything. And corn, you know, sneaks into all kinds of things. And it's sometimes not even called corn. It's called Welcome corn. to my world, baby. This yeah. is like, there's like nine different yeah. uh, regular uh, items. Or, and then you find out stuff that like, I think I was probably eight years into this before I found out that like, um, which is, it's not baking soda, baking powder mm-hmm. or like icing sugar. Like these are th- these are things that are cut with cornstarch. Like, right. um, yeah, all, all of your all of your Chinese food has got cornstarch in it. All of your, you know, like everything that's, um, yeah, man. And 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 now with my, uh, I have a better sense of what my migraine triggers are as well. So the number of things I can eat. Um, so that's why we have these. Like we have a few restaurants, mm-hmm. but and and we just hit them up constantly. Because we know, like, these are our seven places. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not life. easy. It's not easy being... <laughs> being us? Being young guys in our 20s. <laughs> I, uh, I, I wanted to get ready to, um, to talk to you today. Because I, I thought, you know, okay, this is... Because, <laughs> of course, what has happened is what happened, which is just, like... If you have on somebody who 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 you're too good of friends with, then you're just gonna talk as though you're like uh, out for a walk together or whatever. Like you're just gonna talk about, we'll have a conversation about our food allergies. Um, <laughs> and so I wanted to listen. Uh, so I, I like I went to your w- website because um, I also wanted to get some like basic facts uh, uh, laid out. And 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 you you link on your website to. Um, to your album, your, your latest album, Telegrams. And mm-hmm. when did that come out? 
2019. 2019. So this is yeah. this is right ahead of um, the pandemic. And I, I yeah. just sat down and I listened to it this afternoon while I was working. And it, it is such a good album. <laughs> it's so good, Tark. Oh, thank you. Uh, it, it's, it's, uh, so t- uh, tell me about the difference. Um, because I, I think of you as like equal parts. Well, I mean, I guess I think of you in thirds because I, I also do think of you as a, as a, as a prose writer, but I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, when I think of you and your music, um, I mean, maybe lately I mostly think of you as, as a solo, mm-hmm. um, act and as singer songwriter. Um, but you also, you know, a big part of your, um, performing life and your musical life has been as a part of Brastronaut and, and um, talk to me about the difference between uh, band life and, and, and solo life. Mm, oh yeah. Wow. Um, it's, it's very different. I mean that, you know, Brastronaut is a six piece band, so it's, it's working as a six piece band or working on your own. Someone was asking me about the collaborative process uh, in Brastronaut the other day. So, you know, I was just starting to think about it. And we haven't actually done that in a little while. So I, as I was talking about it with her, it was kind of reminding me about about that process and, and how much I love that process mm-hmm. because it's very different um, than sitting alone with a guitar or whatever instruments you're using. And there's something about that spirit of collaboration that's super fun. Um and that's really how we used to work on music or how oh, hopefully we'll continue to work on music. We just haven't gotten together in a, it feels like a good few years uh, to, to work on something. Everybody's just, everybody's just been so busy doing their own things, but um, it's, yeah, it's, and then band life, you know, I mean, I was thinking about this too the other day. I think I was having, a, I think I think was having it, making a joke with my girlfriend about something, and I can't remember what it was, but I was like, it that was is probably a, a pun. It was, it was a pun. It absolutely was a pun. You're, yeah, I won't pause to try and think about what it was. <laughs> Please it was. don't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, what, you know that that was thing that I I said to her like, oh, this is the kind of thing that would be a you know a total joke. Um, Oh yeah, I remember what it was, but I don't think I can repeat it. Either. Okay, because <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things that happens in the band van. That, yeah, like, you know, it's just it's you know falls probably into the fart joke category, but um, but it's just that it, that's the way you know that's the kind of thing that would happen, and we'd be. I, I said to her, this would never not be funny. As as many times as you made this joke, it never was not funny. Yeah, stupidest thing. Um, but I do, and I, I thought, you know, I kind of miss those, the, you know, those road trips and, and traveling around and, um, you know, playing shows and, uh, all of that kind of stuff, that camaraderie that you have in a, in a, in a band situation, which, um, you know, you have it both in the creative process, you have it both in the, in the performance part of it. And, and you really, you really just, I don't know, you kind of like become brothers or in, in our band, it's all man so it's all you know we're kind of like brothers brothers in arms and yeah stuff, in a way right so uh, yeah i do i do love that um you know on the other hand i have i've always written songs on my own and i know how to do that and i'm also very comfortable with that and and so the nice thing about that is i can kind of call the shots and control it the way i want i don't have to rely on who's you know are you available to rehearse no i don't feel like it 
oh, I'm too busy doing this. Now I'm just like, I want to do this. I'm going to write a song. It's going to happen now. I'm going to put out a record at this time. You know, I still collaborate and hire musicians to play on my records. Mm -hmm. It's not like they're just always me and a guitar and that's it. But, uh, you know, if someone's not available, I just can get somebody else or whatever. Um, so, you know, there it's a really a kind of two different ways of, of working. I don't necessarily think one's better than the other, but they just tap into kind of a different side of uh, your your brain and your creative process and then, you know, your sort of experience around the project afterwards as well. Yeah, I mean that that I mean the camaraderie that you talk about on the on the road. I mean, I remember um you know, the very first time I ever went on the road as a, as like an opening act as a stand-up, um I was it was uh, it was mo the run was mostly in Alberta. It was like an Alberta Saskatchewan run, but it was mostly Alberta. And there was there was one night where me and the headliner were leaving from Calgary. We were we were going to uh this sports bar in Lethbridge in the middle of the uh, NHL playoffs. And, and uh, there was a, an American, another American comic was up and he decided he had an off night. Uh, so he was going to come down and he was going to middle for it. Like he was going to MC. Um, and uh, these are two guys who like, I, I, I didn't know, like they're not people who I had um, any sort of pre-existing bond with or, or any bond like coming out of it either like we're not we're not still friends all these years later or anything else like that but this one night we we did this gig together it was as much of a nightmare as you would expect uh a sports bar show in the middle of the nhl playoffs um to you know the the manager is, is coming up to us trying to say like, okay, look, we'll, I'll turn off the TVs, you know, whatever. And we said, listen, if this, if this game goes until two in the fucking morning, the, the show starts at two fifteen. Like we're not turning off playoff hockey in a sports bar to do stand up for these people to <laughs> rip our throats out. So, so, you know, we waited until the, until the game was over, but of course, by the time the game was over, everybody was drunk. Right. So, you know, it just was like, it was a, an absolute slog. And by the time the headliner got up, it was, it was, it was just, it was a war of attrition. And it's the only time I've ever actually, we left the gig in a triangle formation, like literally with our three backs to each other um, in the sense of like, there might be violence following us out of this, this bar. And, uh, you know, we had got, when we had gotten to the, to the hotel where we were supposed to, hotel is a very generous way of describing where we were supposed to stay. Like, you know, there's, there's a hole in the window and it's just this dump. And we, we just said, you know what, let's just drive back to Calgary tonight. And we drove back to Calgary and the whole way home, we just made these vicious jokes about everyone at the bar, like everyone who we had had to deal with everyone who had worked at the place, the manager, the whatever, like just, just these awful, awful jokes about everyone who had been in our lives that like that horrible evening. And it was, you know, I don't know what the drive from Lethbridge to Calgary is, but we just did that the entire way home. And that feeling of, of connection, like, I, like I'll always remember that. I, I don't even remember those two guys' names. Yeah. But I still remember some of the jokes. 
yeah the jokes is the jokes that'll stand out and i love you know i love what you're saying that that that, that one stupid thing becomes the joke the whole way home <laughs> like, yeah so stupid right but yeah you, you can't kind of get that anywhere else but in those kinds of situations right like i mean i as you were talking about that i have many scenarios are going through my mind and there's so many inside jokes uh you know like i was thinking of a time i don't know where we were we were somewhere in the states and i i think i was sitting in the van waiting it's uh ado went in ado sings in the band ado went in to get some food or something and then he comes out laughing and he was and we're like what what happened what happened in there and it was a really kind of an odd place you know like there's all these kind of quirky odd places you find on the road and he said oh he was standing there ordering something like french fries or something and every the, the women who were working there were like quite kind of grumpy and and then somebody in the back who was doing some cutting and like frying she, she, I think she was deep frying something and she kind of burnt her hand you know and Ado kind of got worried for her a little bit like oh like this woman just kind of burnt herself and the woman at the at the cash till just kind of like turned her turned over her shoulder casually casually said well you learnt <laughs> you learnt <laughs> so that so that became our thing that we did that I, we still have that one you know anytime any of us does something stupid we're like yeah you learnt you learned. <laughs> yeah. I blew up one of my pedals, like my power source for my pedal board uh, in the in the UK somewhere because I, I stupidly plugged it in when you need to have a power converter. And I didn't. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, guess what? The first, it was a $200 thing, too. <laughs> yeah. Ado, you learned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> but, yeah, it's. The, it's the jokes. I mean, it's the stories. I love the stories. Uh, I mean, I'm working on a memoir right now. Um, and it originally in my, it's a music memoir. Originally when I was writing it, I thought I'm going to put a lot of these band stories in. And I don't think I'm, it's, it's not really turning out to be that kind of a book mm -hmm. at this point. Maybe that book will be another book. I don't know. I didn't really want it to be in a way uh, like a, a war story band, rock band on the road. But at the same time, those things are, are kind of fun and I do do sometimes feel like talking about them to people because I'm like it's just so crazy like you know we were in Turkey when one year and, and for one tour one night we were there for two nights and our we lost our drummer and we almost had to fly home because we didn't know where he was and it's just that he basically I guess the better way of putting it is that he lost us yeah he went we all went out that night after playing the gig and then everybody being a bit more responsible than the drummer went home uh you know perhaps a bit begrudgingly but like we've got an early flight guys so you know we're meeting in the lobby at such and such a time does our drummer does brennan show up no no sight of brennan no sight of brennan for the next hour no sight of brennan for the next two hours like then we're starting to get worried like you know you're in istanbul and you don't and no phone connection no nothing like where is this person what the heck happened Oh my gosh. Uh, trying to backtrack, retrace steps. Yeah, you know, well, we were at the club the last time I, I when I left, you know, Brennan was still there. Yeah, when I left, Brennan was still there too. Um, where is he? So we, we actually got to the point where the driver, like the road, road manager who had organized the tour, put us in the van, said, You guys have to go to the airport now, otherwise, you're going to miss all your flights. And we had a show that night in Austria. So we all got in the van. We, we were actually like thinking, okay, do we need to hire a, a, like a substitute drummer? We were actually going as far as that thought pattern. Um, 
and we get to the airport almost ready to get on the plane. Like they, they're calling us at the gate. We're at the gate. They're calling our plane at the gate. And then <laughs> Brandon shows up there just in the nick of time, right? Anyway, everyone was like, you know, we we gave Brandon a hard time, you know, for a little bit because I think everyone was kind of worried. It was kind of like that parental thing where you're like, you're so relieved to see your kid come back, but you're also so angry that they did such a stupid yeah. thing. Yeah. Made you worry for all that time. You guys hey. almost gave up percussion cold turkey. Yeah, right? I, so, uh, I that is, that's a scary, that's a very scary story. Yeah, it was actually very scary. And, and, and you know, funny after the fact, maybe after a couple hours later, we were <laughs> bugging him. Because essentially he just got lost. He was out partying with some people, went dancing. It was 7 a.m. when he got out of the bar, another bar. And then he was like, hmm, how do I get back to the hotel? Which I don't blame him because I wouldn't be able to figure that out <laughs> in Istanbul. So he ended up like, he didn't have any money with him. So he ended up walking in circles and kind of walked himself way out of the, out of the, you know, the target zone of the hotel. Um, took him hours to, you know, just find his way back. So. Istanbul is not a grid city. Like it's, it's not, not a, city. Exactly. it's not a city where you just go, well, as long as I can uh, just follow eighth <laughs> Avenue. And as long as I get yeah. myself up to 17th where the hotel is. Yeah, that's right. So I, uh, I was, I, uh, for a very long, long story, but I was very briefly in, in Istanbul, um, for a work thing that, that didn't end up working out. Um, but I was, uh, I was like 23 and, um, I, I was, was, uh, or no, 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 maybe it was a little bit late, maybe like 24 years old. And I, um, um, uh, I, my flight was, it was an early morning flight. So I did an all nighter. I, I, I got to the airport hours before my flight went through, uh, customs, all that, you know, just to do the, you know, okay, this is great. I'll be here. And then sat down. And the next thing I know, someone is pushing my shoulder and I, my eyes flutter open and they're pointing up in the air, like indicating towards the sound on the loudspeaker, like, it might that be you the, who they're calling, and uh, so I had fallen asleep in the middle of the uh, uh, Istanbul airport, and they were calling out my name, uh, going, "Why are you not on your plane? You checked in. We know you're here." Like, and I and so I, I'm running through. I still, for some reason, I still had to go through the security part, and um, uh, I had bought this um, Galatasaray. Uh, a soccer t-shirt like a, one of the Istanbul uh, soccer teams and half the security people were uh, Galatasaray fans and then half hated the team and so <laughs> as I'm going through the security like half the people are, are like cheering me and then half of them <laughs> are like booing me and hissing me and I've got like my belt is out in my hand and I was, it was it was crazy <laughs> I um I I want to talk about your book because uh um I, like we can talk about what the book is ending up being about but first I want to talk to you about writing for the page as opposed to I mean we talked a little bit about the different ways of being a musician and the different ways of you know live performance and and whatever but but that thing of of, of being very intimately alone in a room with a with a blank page that that's incredibly different um yeah. I do. You, can you talk about like what it is that um, what it is that that turns you on about that process, about writing larger forms? 
bros form. Is, is that the, is that the is that for you the 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 big difference with it? Is it is is the volume like the size of it? The the well, I mean, obviously the word feel... count is pretty different with a with a song and a, and a piece of prose. Yeah, I think that's the one of the big things. I mean, you could do a piece of prose that's I've written essays, so those are less daunting. Um, but I definitely what I'm doing right now in terms of a, like a longer form book, I, yeah, length is definitely part of it because I feel like you can't get us, you can't sometimes, you, I mean, you'd know this it, when you're working on something so big, you can't, you can't get a sense of it anymore. Like from where you started, like mm -hmm. I just don't remember. I mean, I've learned this most recently that the more regularly I'm working on something in a consecutive way, like day in day out day out in terms of a prose piece that's long it helps because i go oh yeah i can now reference something that i wrote that thing that i mentioned before yeah i can loop that back but if you wait three weeks or you're you know you're not as on top of your you know you're not making those connections and so i i feel like something's really lost there you're just kind of writing chunks of things that don't don't connect and that doesn't you know different if it's a series of essays that's different too but i think if it has to be like a book of fiction or nonfiction, um, that's harder. Whereas a song, I mean, it's, it's such a it's such a fragment compared to that. It's a small thing. I can work on a song. I can I can leave it. I can walk away from it. Uh, I can come back. It's also very achievable in a in a couple of days. Like it's not inconceivable to write a song in a couple of days. You're not going to write a novel in a couple of days. You're not going to write a memoir in a couple of days. No. So that's a that's and you know with a song i can like I, I i sometimes record it in my phone when i'm working on it and i listen to it before i go to bed it's like three and a half minutes like i can get my head around i can get my head around it the scope of it is manageable um and again it is like it's it's really i was listening to a some podcast the other day where someone was quoting another songwriter who had been asked about writing something longer like writing a book and they said to that person oh no i i don't do that because i work in fragments and i get that you know because because songs can be kind of that they can be really fragmented and um i think it's a little bit harder i mean certainly in the project i'm working on as a memoir it's a lot it, you're not kind of in that headspace you're not you got to kind of you got to fill in a lot more blanks it's not just uh a sort of dip in dip out would you kind of do with us with a song you know that being said I, I i i like being able to do both things mm -hmm. you know uh, i like the challenge um i did and i don't feel like writing prose comes unnaturally to me either because I, when i was in even in elementary school and high school i used to write as we call them compositions mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. my teachers to call them write a composition i used to like writing those things so, I, yeah. you know, and then moving on from there, I used to do a little bit of journalistic stuff uh, for newspapers, like music reviews and little articles. And then, of course, you know, I'd, I'd worked at CBC for a bit and done that. So I was always comfortable with writing prose that way. And I feel like I'm just as moved by by prose as I am by songs. You know, mm -hmm. I, I feel like words are, are, I don't know, like if I read a short story, I can still be like, have that same reaction that i might have if i heard an awesomely lyrically you know well put together song it's, it's sort of i get the same kind of reaction so i i feel like oh you know i i want to work in both those mediums that because of that because i feel like they're kind of 
there's a similarity there and maybe it's just the power of words it's just that you have to kind of assemble them a little bit differently but i mean when i was teaching the same when i was teaching prose i would i would uh, you know talk about how you know speech precedes text and and that that writing really is a, a kind of crystallized or stylized speech and and you know it's it's you get you get to speak in a way that is re- released and liberated from all of the the bounds of of physics uh, you know the, the physics that affects uh conversation normally like you 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 get you get this infinite amount of time to build the perfect sentence and you get to go on at a stretch that will never be interrupted by tripping on your own tongue or somebody saying something that throws you off or, or, or whatever you just, you have this, you have the, the, the breadth and depth of these pages to say exactly what you want to as well as you can with, uh, you know, theoretically an infinite amount of time, you know, before you, you, you put it on into the world. The other, the other kind of amazing thing about writing is, is it's, you have as long as you need to with it, but also it exists as the thing it is the the second you put it down. Um, Whereas like, for instance, if I'm writing a joke, the joke's not a joke until it's been done with an audience. Like it, it, it really, it has to be told. Um, It has to be responded to. I I don't know where songs fall into that. um, uh, But, but like you're saying, like you, you, you play it back um, to yourself on your phone to, to Mm -hmm. hear it. Whereas, you know, if you, if you write a paragraph of, of prose, you know, you, you read that back to yourself instantly having written it, you're reading it in exactly the same way it's going to be read by the, the ultimate, you know, end user, the, the reader or the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but when you, when you talk about the size and the fragments, I guess one question I had was, so with, with something like telegrams, is that, is that a bigger unit? Like I would assume, because it sounds pretty cohesive as, as an album, like the, 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 the songs feel related to each other. Like they, they don't all live on that album just kind of by accident, do they? Yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, thinking about it as, as a, as a collection of songs and how does it, how does that work as a larger piece? I suppose you're right. Yeah. It's not, it's not truly random that those songs kind of fit there together. You know, I wouldn't call it a concept album necessarily. Like I didn't go into it with that kind of intentionality. Right. Um, I've sometimes thought about wanting to do that, but I've still have yet to do that. I I tend to like just to like write songs over over a course of time and 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 not have to be too restricted about like oh well it, you know I'm writing these are all these all have to be songs about the pandemic or something like that right but, yeah but also you know like but but then things can be kind of loose you can give yourself looser constraints like these are songs about sort of disconnection or yeah yeah and i feel that i definitely feel that in these songs um you know like people with love connections that don't work or people not saying what they really want to say to each other. Um, You know, the other thing about the songs on this record is they were intentionally not 
autobiographical i feel i mean you're always a little bit in your own songs i don't think that ever goes away but yeah but there's all these references to like life in the army and stuff like that that like i was like yeah. well either Tarek has really hidden this part of his <laughs> biography from me or, or this is like there's a certain kind of uh narrative license here in in in, in the stories of these songs yeah i kind of like that i mean yeah I, I, you know, not to default autobiographical songs, because I know that that's, you know, there's a lot of writers that I, songwriters that I love that still do that. I think, <clears throat> I think Loudon Wainwright III said something once that all the songs he writes are really just about his own life, you know. Uh, he has a song called Swimming, or something about swimming, like... I, I don't know. It's, 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 you almost want to put a metaphor on it because it's like I went, I, I, I learned how to swim and I couldn't swim and I was drowning, but I learned how to swim and you sort of think, Oh yeah, this is like, I, I learned how to live. I learned how to learn my life. And I think somewhere I read where he's like, no, this is about, it was about, this swimming. Is about swimming. Yeah. It's like... I didn't know how to swim. So I learned how to swim. <laughs> it's like Josephine is listening to Jojo Siwa right now. She's like obsessed with her. And, um, she, uh, and, and, and you as a, as a, uh, you know, a man of your age with no kids uh <laughs> you, like it's right that you don't know who jojo siwa is I was uh, gonna say, I was like, yeah should i should i say no I don't yeah know who that is? yeah no in fact i i think you really would have set off some alarm bells if if people would have been like oh why does this ch uh, childless middle-aged man know who jojo siwa is um but she's this like 17 year old um like uh ponytail coming out of the top of her head like uh you know candy pop song um uh and she has a song about high top shoes and it's the same thing it's like every time the song comes on in the car i have to remind myself this song is literally about high top shoes <laughs> there's right. no second layer of meaning there's no uh, uh play between sign and signifier like it's <laughs> this this is this is a song about high top shoes not about like putting your best foot forward in life <laughs> no like, <laughs> you know, like sometimes it's... you have some your life's like low you your low tops you have your low top days but you have your high top days and it is aggressively literal. She literally at one point says something like, um, we got that beat and that soul. And then she oh. literally, she goes, get it? Soul. Like, ah. so that you won't go, oh, like a soul. Like, because it's on your shoe, but it's also in your, no, soul, S-O-L-E, <laughs> the soul of your shoe. This is a song about the thing you put on your foot. <laughs> And I, there, there is something that's like uh, almost um, uh, like uh, liberating about yeah. listening to something or reading something or watching something that is just about what it is literally about of like, yeah. oh, wow, I can just relax. <laughs> Yeah. yeah i don't have to put on my smart hat and try and figure out what this is all about <laughs> absolutely and i love that i love that um yeah i don't even know what i was talking about before like writing about you know i guess you were asking me about like writing non-autobiographically or writing that the, these songs don't sound like me or, or anything that i've gone through in my own life but one thing i was going to say and that is and that is true um is that I was actually, in order to be more fictional in my writing of that record, was to draw on actual short stories. There's a couple occasions where I read a couple of short stories and I 
basically made a musical version of the short story. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there's a song, uh, there's a song on there um, called First Draft. And it was from a Laurie, Laurie Moore short story called Visa Darte. And it's about a writer who I think is living in New York and is, is not doing so well in terms of career success and has a girlfriend who's so frustrated with him, you know, living in this crappy apartment that she says, you know, I'm moving out unless you want, you want to come with me or not. He's like, no, I'm good. I'll just stay here. And I just want to keep working on my writing, you know, typical writer thing. And, um, he, and then that, that's, you know, it was kind of, again, this, this character I wanted, I just enjoyed the character of someone who, who was just not being able to realize his own dreams and visions in the way that he fantasized about them in his own mind. He wasn't able, wasn't able to reach that stature. So I connected with the short story. And so I was like, well, I don't know. Why don't I just sit down and make my own kind of version of, of a writer who's kind of, you know, struggling and living in a crappy apartment. And so I was doing that. I was, it was actually a kind of a fun experiment and I did it. Not all the songs on telegrams are that, but there's a couple that I did do that for. I love that. Yeah. I love how much you love short stories and I, and, I and, I, that. and that, um, cause it's funny. Like there, there was a, at the beginning of the sort of internet age, and the streaming age and the kind of like the fragmentation um, of, of media, there was this, there was this feeling of like, Oh, um, now that the, this will be the era of like short forms. And mm. I love, I, I, I haven't been as into short stories lately, but I do love short stories. What I, what I really love are, I, I love novel, um, uh essays. Like, uh, like I've always just been a fan of the essay as a, as, as a form, it's probably my favorite literary form. Um, you know, just those kind of like, like you say, these kind of fragmentary um, uh, media and forms. And, and, and for a while, everybody kind of thought like, oh, it's neat that like uh, th this, in this, in this new kind of post, post, um, you know, uh, the, the big industrial models of like, half hour sitcoms and two hour mo movies or 90 minute movies and 300 page novels, you know, now everything can be whatever size it wants and we can get back into these little bite-sized things like novellas and, <laughs> and, and short stories and essays and blah, blah, blah. And instead it's been this weird swing in the other direction of these like bloated, um, uh, intellectual properties of like just these endless universes like a uh, game of thrones or whatever mm. where where that are all about um content generation and and just endless like how can we sque squeeze this forever and 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 i feel like film which used to people used to think of like film as novels and tv as like the short story that sort of got swapped out and now film has become the short story because it's just this thing that shows up and then disappears. And now that we watch it all on the same device, mm -hmm. a story universe that only exists for like 90 minutes now seems like, why would I go to all that trouble of uh, like building sets and, uh, uh, you know, auditioning mm -hmm. actors and, you know, and, 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 and uh, I, yeah, I, I, That's I yeah. I mean, I love that you brought that up. I had never I thought about it that way until now. 
and and I've always been, you know, kind of wanting to <clears throat> to defend the short story form, uh, and always always wondering why people don't gravitate to it. And yet, when you talk about the TV form, I I would probably say I like. I think I gravitate more towards series TV now than I would to a movie. On, mm -hmm. If I'm at Netflix, I'll be like, give me something that lasts a little longer, you know? Yeah. Um, I guess I want to get into something. So like now, you know, now, now that you put it that way, I'm like, Oh, I guess I'm kind of guilty of doing this myself. Whereas when I hear people say that about novels versus short story, I'm like, Oh yeah, whatever. But that, so what, you know, like, you, isn't it just fun to have a little, you know, a little moment and a little dip into someone's life or a couple characters and move on? That's kind of fun. But, you know, I don't know. You're right. Maybe it's the same reaction that's happening. Um, maybe, maybe the reaction is coming from, you know, like the t wanting TV series, wanting to watch TV series that are lengthy and it's shaping how we sort of feel stories should happen you know, over a more epic period of time. But it's it's unfortunate because, uh, you know, so, short stories are they're. I think what's great about them is is that they, they leave things out. And I think one of the things that I've been yes. learning about as I write even, and yeah, and I was kind of curious to know your thoughts on this because it's almost an occurrence that I think I've known, but it sort of dawned on me the other day when I was writing something and I couldn't quite get it where I wanted it was because I was, I kept trying to s explain it. And then I was like, you know what? I don't think I need to actually say this happened. I just need to end it here and then just cut this last paragraph because this sounds dumb. Uh, and when I did that, it resonated a lot more. And I was like, oh yeah, Tarek, it's, it's about leaving the things out and letting the reader fill in the blanks. It's not unlike songs in that way, too. You don't only have three and a half minutes. You're leaving a lot of stuff out for people to fill in. So there's beauty in that, right? I mean. I yeah. What's that song? The, um, uh, and human Billy Joe was throwing something off the Tallahatchie Bridge. You know that song? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they never say, like, nobody ever says what they were throwing off the bridge. Nobody ever says what, you know, it's like, mm. it's just it's this mystery all you know you know that there's this kind of conspiratorial um thing that this that this young couple shared there's some dark secret there's something that's running through the um uh anyway i, I that, yeah. that, that 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 there's um uh that that those kinds of uh that that's the thing that the world building impulse which is i mean you know, it's called world building from the creative uh, side, but really from the industrial side, from the commercial side, it's about, it's about, um, you know, uh, uh, vertical integration and, 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 you know, intellectual property building and, and licensing. Um, but, but what, what that, what that world building impulse um, can often do is, is, I mean, in, in the best people and in the best work, not the best people, that's what a stupid way of putting that in, in, in the best works, it's yeah. like somebody has thought this world out and then still just told you a story set in that world and gives you the pictures of like, you know, they've made that they've made an entire map, but they still only run a flashlight over the parts of it that you need to see for the mm -hmm. story. Whereas there's this, there's this impulse that I think a lot of people have now of like, look, I made a whole map and wrote this encyclopedia about this universe, um, you know, that exists. 
uh, you know, somebody wrote a, a really great essay about um, um, Ursula, uh, Ursula K. Le Guin um, uh, recently about like how her best, how her best works were all, you know, elusive towards the, the worlds that she had created mm-hmm. and, and, and the stuff that was, uh, the stuff that was least engaging was this, the, the, these like encyclopedically created worlds that were just, you know, then presented as though they were kind of like science fair exhibits or something like that. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's still, there, there needs to be dynamism and mystery um, yeah. um, uh, to, you know, um, or, or to take like a really sort of cheap example. I mean, I think, I forget who it was that that's, um, wrote about this. So this is, this is not me, but I can't remember who it was that, that made this observation. But the thing about, you know, that, that Obi-Wan Kenobi and in the first Star Wars movie, like the real first one uh, from the 70s, mm-hmm. uh, just tosses off this line about, oh, you know, I was in the Clone Wars, and and for years people were like, oh man, what what were the Clone Wars? What a name! What a you know this. It was just like this, and it and it suggested this like richness of this world, uh, and <laughs> and then the impulse of a bunch of like billionaire uh, intellectual property miners was like, hey, let's do episode forty three of the, the behind the Clone Wars, you know, and it's just like, uh, yeah, just yeah, of course. Of course, it sucks. Taking the mystery out of out of it, sort of the magic in the mystery, right? It's like mm-hmm. decoding everything. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, and I mean when you know when you talk when you talk about like the essay form, it it you know it's it is it does seem to work better when it's questioning and and that there are gaps and things in between that you just don't have all the answers to, right? Uh, I think you know an essay at, at my favorite personal essays. I don't think solve everything um no they're not supposed to right i mean that's what that's what the name you know the name means try i'm just gonna try something yeah yeah um have you ever written a short story by the way i've been meaning to ask you that when you mentioned earlier have you ever written a short story like a fictional short story it's been many years it's been years and years and years i don't know that i have as as uh i i I did uh, like as 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 a young um like young pre-publication writer um uh but nothing that ever uh nothing that ever saw the light of day right they're hard to do they are i'm not i I can write songs i mean i'm getting better at writing songs but i the short fiction part as much as i love to read them and i think when i read them i think oh these are so beautifully simple like it because it's you know it's been edited and and refined and done really so well that it just feels like it was you know just thrown on the page in a day which of course it wasn't as we you and i know um it's probably 25 30 edits in or something but but uh but there's something about about it that's a lot harder to do when you try and sit down and do it it doesn't quite you're like yeah i mine doesn't sound right uh so i thought i thought i was curious to know how you you know what you felt about that process or whether you would i will say that more and more uh one of the one of the great signs of maturity i feel of me as a as a reader or as an audience member or whatever is i is i am increasingly as i get older able to enjoy something without then the rush of insecurity and uh 
and bravado that says, I, I need to do that or I need to try that, um, which I used to not be able to <laughs> not be able to do. And um, I, like, like, I mean, recently, like, you know, thought like, you know, I could write, I, I could write a blank or I could write a blank, like, you know, such and such a form or such and such a form. I, I can work in this realm or I can do this. Like I, like I enjoy that. So I should try and do that. That was like just a kind of uninterrogated thing for me. And uh, in, increasingly I find myself saying, you know, you can just love this and it's cool that there are other people doing it and you can uh, gratefully enjoy it and go be a comedian and uh, <laughs> you know, writer. essay writer. Yeah. I mean, I love this because we, we were talking about this on our walk the other day and yeah, I mean, I, I thought about it. I thought about it afterwards as well, because, you know, as if you're someone who writes, you know, you think, Oh, well, I, yeah, I must be naturally good at all, all those things. Like I just want, I could, I could write a screenplay. I could write a short story, I, you know, but they all are their own art form. And I, you know, I've been writing songs for so long. Uh, and I just almost feel now sometimes I'm, I'm getting better at it, you know, um, only now, you know, yeah. so I just put so much time into it. Uh, you know, I have I have a sort of secret fantasy of wanting to be able to work in like writing TV or film or something because I just it's also like I just think oh that'd be really that's like a really fun thing to do, uh, not only from the writing perspective but just from like oh you know just being able to connect with other writers and work collaboratively. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know, make money because I hear you can make good money doing yeah. that too. Um, but that I don't know. Some part of me is like, well, just because I'm a good songwriter or pretty good songwriter and getting, you know, my chops up as a, as a, as a nonfiction writer, am I going to even, does that naturally mean I know how to write a, a TV show? I don't know. Maybe that's a different brain that knows how to do that well. Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't know. I never really tried, but. Just because you're a good drummer doesn't mean yeah. you'll be able to figure out <laughs> the streets of Istanbul. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's oh, right. man. Well, listen, I, I feel like I could, uh, should, and would uh, talk to you forever. Uh, but uh, there are uh, limits to um, just uh, server size limits, uh, uh, just really from an internet perspective. <laughs> uh, you know, we really want to keep this fragmentary. Yes, uh, you know, we don't yes. want to we don't want to yeah. do those uh, big bloated uh, George R. R. Martin style yeah. podcasts. That's right. We want to leave some mystery. Leave some things unanswered. <laughs> People going, oh, I wish they would have talked about this. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, but uh, imagine it. Yeah, exactly. Imagine, uh, uh, imagine all the things I could have asked Tarek. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, it is, it, it's always great talking to you. And, and uh, I, you know, you know, I just love you to bits, man. And I, I, um, I, I'm looking forward to uh, once my foot is uh, better uh, uh, walking outside with you. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and man, once we can, uh, sit inside bitches again, uh, doing that for a very, very long time. Oh, I, I look forward to it too. And so I, when we go, I'll eat the rice, you eat the naan bread. It would, it would just be perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, you yeah, we're, we're like Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> Take uh, care, great brother. Great talking to you. Yeah. Bye. bye.